happy 2024. 2023 provided non-stop mini golf action for both of your hosts. Sure, it's nearly the end of January, but in the dead of winter and the mini golf off season, we're feeling the itch to reflect on the past year of mini golf. So let's go back in time a little bit on the podcast. I'm Tom and sometimes go by the name Mr. T. Find all the mini golf designs, reviews, and more for myself at the Big Putter at a couple and on social media at Couple Putts. We're still slow on the reviews, but they'll get there eventually. If you're looking for course or hole design work, go to minigolfdesigners.com. You can find some merch at minigolfgoods.com. We're really, really excited about some of the new courses that we are wrapping up and will be out in the world to play in 2024. So stay tuned for that. We'll be sharing all that on our socials. I'm Pat, the co-founder of the mini golf website and social media conglomerate, The Putting Penguin. Like Tom said, we're a little into 2024, but I'm taking, you know, I'm pretty happy to look back on 23, try to make some sense of the craziness that was that year for both of us in different manners. Uh, you can find all of what we do from a penguin side by looking for Putting Penguin on most of the social media outlets. You can visit our website at theputtingpenguin.com. We're in a similar boat to Tom in that we're slowly working through our backlog of reviews, but I feel accomplished. I got like four done in the past couple of weeks, so pretty excited about that. And before you know it, we're going to be playing again in 2024, so we're going to add to that backlog real fast. While you're out there enjoying all that stuff, if you come across the podcast mini accounts on social media, give us a like, give us a follow, and since you're clearly in love with our podcast in general, make sure you're liking, subscribing, and giving us a great review wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And of course, you know that this is the official podcast of the American Mini Golf Alliance, the AMA. You know that we both helped found this organization, and it's not that we have a bias towards our organization, what we talk about on the show, but... We do see it as something that has a large reach, and we're happy to have our organization offer free membership that will continue into 2024. We'll be sending out information on social media about renewing, and you'll need to be an active member to be ranked, but go to amaminigolf.com. You can find information on upcoming tournaments and a lot more. Our membership remains free thanks to a number of great sponsors, but namely Walkabout Mini Golf, who are sponsoring us again. We'll give them a shout out later. And we also want to thank our friends at Pingvin Mini Golf in Germany that supplies wonderful mini golf goods for those competitive players out there and even some novelty stuff, as well as One Shot Golf and Putt 18. Putt 18 just started. The 13th series of competitive play, and we'll be talking a little bit about their AMA scoring event on Putt 18 that we'll be hosting. But uh, that's it for now, and we're going to jump into a little bit of news before we talk about last year. And we have a few confirmed dates for the American Mini Golf Alliance. Mick Cullen, who is a holy moly winner was a past guest on the podcast and our previous show, We're Gonna Need a Bigger Windmill. He is organizing an earlier summer tournament on Sunday, June 2nd, called the Rosebud Open that will be at America's Action Territory on the Wisconsin Adventure Course. It's gonna be three rounds. The Rosebud Open name 
is a reference to a Kenosha-based famous person, Orson Welles. And so, I was going to say, is it a Citizen Kane reference? <laughs> it is a Citizen Kane reference, and thank you for that, because I was trying to tell my wife that it was a reference to a movie that I haven't seen, but because it's such a pop culture thing, I know the reference, and I couldn't think of the name of the movie. So thank you for that, Pat. <laughs> so that'll be three rounds on that Wisconsin Adventure course. That course has been played quite a few times during the MC Mini Masters over its 25-plus year history. I would imagine that that tournament might even start there again. So if you're thinking about playing the MC Mini Masters, this might be a good warm-up event on June 2nd. We'll have more information on that. Secondly, we have the Shack in Mannheim, PA. Well, it's the second year that it will be part of the AMA scoring season, and this tournament is organized by Scott Klein, Last year, they had their tournament at the end of August, but they moved it up a little bit this year just to accommodate Scott's schedule and his daughter, who's going off to college. That will be on July 20th. So we're going to have, uh, when we get this whole schedule out, you're going to see it's nearly 30 tournaments that will be AMA scoring events. And there's really very few months this year where there won't be something. The other thing that I'd mentioned earlier that we have a confirmed date on is going to be the PUT 18 scoring opportunity in our virtual tier. And that will be between March 17th and 23rd. As you know, to play in our PUT 18 scoring events, you'll need to join the AMA events Facebook group. You'll need to stream four rounds on a PUT 18 mat between the 17th of March and 23rd of March, and we're going to take the best scores from there. We're going to have some prizes, thanks to Putt 18, that they're going to be providing. And if you're looking to get a Putt 18 mat, we do have a code is AMA-10, and that will give you a 10% discount on ordering your Putt 18 mat from Australia. So you have time to do that right now before March, and you can be ready to score some points in the virtual event, as well as you want to stay around. The 14th series of PUT 18 will be starting on March 24th. Our first two AMA scoring events of 2024 are going to be the Prodigium. Prodigium. It's the, it's the tournament at Prodigy <laughs> Mini Golf in East Hampton, Massachusetts. It's going to be on. January 28th, O Street Mini Golf is helping out with that. That'll be super fun. You can find some videos on O Street and our social media. And then our second scoring event will be in lovely, chilly Minnesota. It'll be the coziest mini golf open on February 18th. Put the word out about that. There'll be no qualifying this year. There'll be three rounds for pros. If you make the top six, it'll be stroke play. If you don't make the top six, you can still play for a little bit of money in an aces-only round. That'll be part of the pro entry fee. And yeah, those are our first two events. They'll be followed by our virtual events on Walkabout Mini Golf that we'll announce later, as well as the one I mentioned on Putt 18. So we have some of those events early, but as I told you earlier, we have a lot of tournaments yet to announce, but we don't want to jump the gun as some courses are in their little break time and waiting to kind of announce the dates for sure for next year. So we're just going to hold 
our horses, but you can bet that most of the tournaments that were part of the 2023 scoring season for the AMA will be part of the 2024 season as well. So stay tuned. All right. And another little fun piece of news. So on January 18th, which is yesterday, as we're recording this, we actually were involved with a pretty cool article that got published on golf.com about the best mini golf course in each of the 50 states. So it's a list that's obviously put out there to have a lot of comment and fun with, but we um, are, me and Tom and our, our good friend of the pod, Mr. Kaminsky from O Street, were part of the expert panel that pulled together and debated and had a lot of good conversation over email and some phone calls in terms of, you know, where where would we land and where would we point people to every uh in each state to the best mini golf. So that's out there. We'll put a link to that article, obviously in the show notes and everything you get around. It's kind of fun. There's definitely some places I've never been to that I want to put on the list. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about traveling around and I'm really happy that collectively, you know, we've got some of our favorites on the list as well as we go through. So, um, Hopefully you get a chance to find that. I think if you follow the podcast, you've probably already seen it by the time you listen to this. And hey, we talk about the podcast a little bit in our bio. So if you're here from the golf.com article, welcome to the podcast. We love talking about mini golf. And if you're worried, well, I think there's better competitive courses. Yes, we understand that. And in many cases, there's courses that none of us have been to, like Mossy Creek in Tennessee. And so we didn't really select the course, uh, you know, we didn't select Mossy Creek because we hadn't played it ourselves and someone else on the panel had put up Hillbilly Golf and there's all sorts of stuff like that. There's the states that have a lot of mini golf you can have a ton of debate about. I know Florida is just a massive state, could have had a lot of debate about that. Texas is another one, California those places just have loads and loads of mini golf. And then there were some other states that none of us had played any mini golf in. Not many, though, when it came down to it. But we searched out, found what looked like the best courses online and did a little homework. And I feel like compared to other best of mini golf in every state or best of mini golf across the U.S., I feel like this list is pretty well researched. We tried to keep out courses that just felt a little bit cookie cutter or may not be in great shape but look good online and yeah if, if if there's lively debate and we get people talking about mini golf we did our job so uh yeah i was gonna say go out go out find facebook find instagram comment throw your favorite courses in there because if nothing else that helps the conversation and gives us even more things to go find and you know maybe next yes. time we do a list we change it up but no i agree i think we 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 did a pretty good job collectively all the folks who were there trying to find stuff that was unique and some of it locally unique as well so it wasn't just a lot of cookie cutter because some courses i mean you could sit out there like i'm a big fan of pirates cove courses right like you could put up every pirate cove course yeah. in all the states that they're in is really a great mini golf course but that's that wasn't the intention of the list and um yeah. it was fun to do and i'm just really you know excited that we had a chance to do that in kind of a big golf article yeah and you know pop stroke didn't make the list uh, in any of the states, but that's not to say that those aren't great courses. They're just very similar. And I think when you're looking at this list, it's for the public at large. And it'd be like making a list of the best restaurants to check out everywhere. And you put chains up there that that feels a little odd. Like you don't see diners, drive-ins and dives being like, hey, here's here's the Chipotle and in, uh, in Lexington, Kentucky, like 
right. Check yeah, it out. Not to say not to say it's not good, not to no. say I'm not gonna have a good time no. there, but no, but again, yeah. And uh yeah, so it was fun. And yeah, we'll we will hundred percent do it again if we ever have to update that. <laughs> and uh I think well, I think that kind of rolls well into really what we're here to talk about, right? Because a lot of what went into that is because we do spend a lot of time out on the road playing a lot of mini golf wherever they are. You know, Tom, you played in way more different places than I did <laughs> this year. But um looking back on the year, you know, for me, I actually had uh, I would say a lot more experiences than playing courses this was actually probably one of the few years outside of like COVID in the past 10 where I just didn't play a lot of courses in different places uh Mm. you know I wasn't traveling for work as much the travel I did with my family was kind of in the same places we normally go to so my big block was when I got to go out and actually play one of your tournaments back in the in the spring, which was a new experience for me coming out to the Midwest there and getting to play some of those courses, which you've talked about a lot, whether it's the absolute chaotic nature of Can Can Wonderland, which was fun. Um, Lilliput, you know, where we have the minius getting it, even though a couple holes were still under uh construction getting generally generally the experience of playing there and hopefully my plan is to come out in may again so we'll hit that one up again and hopefully play a little bit more competitively or you know the just a very interesting style of arts and rec which isn't unfortunately you know, it's closed at this point but i haven't even done my review of that and they already closed i was kind of bummed <laughs> about that you and um, lots of people yeah so i mean I, I think like getting those and that experience was was really cool for me um and actually i and now that i think about it, a lot of the courses i played like were not very traditional in nature i, I have the ripley's course that we played in myrtle beach you yeah know, we picked that one to play because it wasn't one that we had played yet because it was new that was a very non-traditional course. I guess Lilliput was probably the closest to being a traditional course outside of obviously Loon's Nest where we played the tournament. But um, Where you won the tournament. <laughs> where I won, yeah. yeah. You know, I, mean, I try to be humble sometimes. Uh, and um, and then the other, like, strangely, the other, like, normal course I played was what I had a chance to go to the World Championships. And we'll talk about a little bit of, you know, Uppsala and that complex you know, in, in a little while when we go through some of the stuff you did, but yeah, I had the chance to go and I didn't watch any of the actual tournament because I had to come back home, but just being at the world championships for a bunch of days, watching all of these players, like it was super cool experience getting to see those courses. Again, the funny part was mm-hmm. the only one I played was the normal MOS course <laughs> that was over there, which actually had some pretty cool stuff that was a little bit out of the ordinary or, oh, yeah. you know, a little bit more novelty if you chose to play like the big loops and stuff like that. And then, you know, while I was over there having the opportunity to really meet in person, all the folks on the executive committee that I've spent a few years talking with online and doing a bunch of stuff for the WMF, being a part of the delegates conference and seeing how, you know, the worldwide umbrella puts together the competitive side of mini golf and the input that the countries have and the things that they're focused on. was just a really unique mini golf experience for me, even though I didn't play much while I was over there for five days. And then what this really meant uh, for me, which I actually think as I was reflecting back on my year, which was kind of cool, is I actually did get a chance to spend a lot of time locally, which sometimes I don't get to do. So, you know, I obviously spend a ton of time at Matterhorn, right? We have our tournament there. We have our league there. Yeah, that's always a place. But, you know, my kids love Hidden Valley in Southington. So we had a chance to really hit that up a lot of times. 
the safari mini golf is basically around the corner for me. And so we had, a, a, you know, just the, Hey, it's four o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. I'm going to throw work down. We're going to go hit up the mini golf. And then recently as we've been preparing for Dave Veda to go over to the, um, the world adventure golf tour finals in April, we have an indoor course by us at Lassard lanes, which is a bowling alley. It's kind of a, Harris type course that they've moved inside. So it's kind of a competitive play, but I've had a chance to spend some more time there as we've started to prep with mini golf balls and do all that sort of stuff. So it's been nice, like reconnecting with the the courses. And I didn't have Farmington on the list this year because I actually only played it, I think once during the whole year, which is really weird for me. Usually I'm there like at least once a month, um, you know, talking with them, prepping, either prepping for the tournament. I think part of it, that's, I didn't play the tournament, right? Because I was in the world championships, but uh, or at the world championships, but I made a, a point to go out there in the fall just cause I hadn't been there. And I was like, all right, well let's, let's go play. And the cool thing about them is, well, it's 20 degrees right now, so they're probably not going to be open, but anytime <laughs> it's like over 40 degrees in the winter, they're like, Hey, we're going to open for four hours. So hopefully in the next month they're here to here, if the weather warms up, I'll swing by over there. So, you know, that was very short, really, my my uh, 2023 when we compare it to what you're going to go through. But I, I think I was very excited how that shaped up in kind of different manners and what it allowed me to do. And, and obviously, we've talked about or you talked about a little while ago with just the, all the AMA stuff we've been yeah. doing. Yeah, that that's a layer on top of this. Just managing that and making sure that that's available for everybody is really a big time commitment for you, me, Aaron. Mick's been helping us the rest of the AMA crew. So it's hard to really say that's like, you know, we're talking about these things and I want to drive, we want to drive people to these things. We do want, Hey, if you want to help out with the AMA, we've had some folks reach out after one of the last yeah. you know podcasts. So that that's out there and that's part of our 2023 year. So uh, with that, I, I love listening to everything that you've been through because I'm insanely <laughs> jealous on some of them and some of the things I guess I've already played that yeah. you did get a chance to finally catch up on. So Let's let's hear about your year, Tom. Well, it's funny, like just looking at your Connecticut ones, even that like now I'm familiar from them from the last two years of making trips out there and Safari and Hidden Valley. I got to play Hidden Valley this year and Safari the previous year, and they're both great. And what's the one near Safari that was also kind of cool? Like there's oh, like a Potter's novelty Paradise, yeah, Potter's Paradise. There's like a novelty course that's cool, and then there's like a little bit more challenging course i we didn't play that one but there's some really great mini golf in connecticut if you think about adding in also matterhorn and farmington really great choices there and they're not too far from each other so i'm slightly jealous with some of our local courses not being you know some of them not being in the greatest condition and just very different courses but yeah this last year was sort of my year of travel i think it was a kind of hectic and up and down 2022 with like my father passing and a big transition in my job and 2023 i had a lot of pto and some miles to use on delta and was like okay let's do it and it didn't really start out actually all that great in january like we ended up in florida and we got to play pop stroke two courses there the orlando and um Port St. Lucie ones, as well as Vantasia Fairways because of a death in the family again in a January. Um, but we got out to Palm Springs, played a couple courses out there. We haven't even 
put up anything other than some stuff on social media about this cool little place in the desert near Joshua Tree called Mojave Land that we played. Oh, yeah. As well as like a Castle Golf, big windmill boomers in Palm Springs proper. So that was cool. That's January and February. So lots of mini golf already during a kind of off season. And then April, I talked about it quite a bit, but went out and played in the city golf tournament. And we'll talk about that in our next episode a bit more even as far as city golf goes. But I played 13 courses across Sweden. Most of it was in Stockholm. And then I played all four of the courses in Uppsala. But yeah, it was the first time playing city golf courses and they played a bunch. They design and build courses all around Europe and a ton in Sweden. And as again, you'll find out in our next episode, they've been designing mini golf courses for quite a long time. And the type of courses they have, totally different than what we have. And it was cool to just in this binge see, oh, they have like these standard obstacles that are kind of like a loop and all of that. And then, yeah, May, first time hosting the Looniest Open. You came into town and got to show you some of our courses and, you know, kind of sat still a little bit in May. And then in June was like bonkers again. (laughs) Took off to London and Hastings, as I talked about, you know, many times. Played the crazies, played 13 new courses there and in, in London proper. And then the three courses at Hastings Adventure Golf. And it was just wild in London. We we're going to talk about it in a future episode. But the amount of mini golf chains that have really been influenced by the type of adult-focused social hang mini golf courses that are all around London, like Swingers and Putt Shack and Plonk and Junkyard and Birdies, that that is becoming the trend that is all over. And so it was interesting to see that. And then in addition... We played three very different courses in Paris, one at a water park that was pretty beat up, one called Mad Golf that literally they've they've been watching Instagram of a lot of places like Holy Moly in Australia. They've been watching Putt Shack and borrowing generously from them, or (laughs) borrowing gently, I should say, from them. And then we played an outdoor course that was just the layout of the city of Paris that was all like positioned in a way that it was set up kind of like the city is itself. And then got home right after that and even played a puttery at home that had just opened, I think, that month. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was glad that you had a chance to get to, to swingers, right? Like, I mean, we, yeah. you mentioned there's all these different things that have kind of come out of it. I think that really feels like the OG of this bar attainment mini golf combination and how you mm-hmm. can really do it well and now that you guys had a chance to like i mean obviously we have them in the u.s too now but like going going home and seeing where it kind of developed from i think was i'm happy for you guys yeah that was huge and that was a lot of this year was seeing these new chains frankly the one that did it the best in london and we did a on a couple of putts it's near the top of our page right now our top 10 new courses played the birdies and angel central was just amazing it's got this pop art influenced design with really interesting gameplay one where you're playing up the wall and it's it's just crazy there's just a lot of creative design in all of these courses because real estate in london is not cheap and so in order to really fit in a lot in a small space people just get creative and 
I've seen it in the past with like Urban Putt when sadly they're changing over, but their initial location, the Mission District in San Francisco, they had 13, 14 holes in a very, very small space. And it was one of the best indoor courses I'd played to date. And almost all these courses in London were indoor and almost all of them were nine holes, which was just kind of wild. It's, you know, again, we'll talk about this in trends. Got back, had uh, honestly, like my trips in July and August were partially influenced by the place I was working, just kind of being a mess and having PTO that I wanted to use before I needed to leave because, you know, the organization was just kind of falling apart. And what can you do? It happens. You know, all I do is like, as I do the books, here's the numbers and if decisions are made differently and things fail, that's, you did your best. But July, I was like, okay, I'm taking my break from work and I'm going to try to play in a putt-putt tournament and combo it with a new AMA tournament that was at Area 51 outside of, well, Roswell, Georgia, uh, and played in a tournament there hosted by the Putters League Atlanta. And then in between, National Putting Tour event happened to be happening in Cummings, Georgia. So all of a sudden, I played in a putt-putt tournament, National Putting Tour, and then another new AMA tournament. And so that was three new courses that I'd never played and competed on and met a bunch of really lovely people at all three of those tournaments. And in between... Knocked a lot of other stuff off the list. Played Party Shack that's got two locations in North Carolina that's doing wild stuff if you look at their social media. There's this uh, NC family of three that does a lot of stuff on Instagram and YouTube now that has some videos. But Party Shack has some really, really unique gameplay stuff. And then nearby in Ashboro, I played the Ashboro mini golf course that's an old putt-putt that had wooden rails. So that was cool. And then group therapy in... Greenville, South Carolina, that was more or less an Instagram museum <laughs> meets mini golf. And then Stroke, which was a nine-hole course with a mid-century modern design theme, which I had never seen. So it was just kind of like overwhelming. The National Putting Tour thing was on a putt-tech type course where it's like a synthetic turf kind of rolling, wide-open course that has less of the berms than, putt than the pop stroke courses. So it's just all over the place. and new courses there and then back to the red putter in door county and played some of the other courses on the side with a uh, ama fellow ama member matt rolstad who was traveling for it saw a great turnout at the red putter had a blast there and played some new courses and then we even had some new holes that we designed for the minnesota state fair with two different organizations pop up so that like the summer was just non-stop and then the fall was really about the tournaments. Went out to play Matterhorn and got a row in Hidden Valley, and we had our miniest. October went to the Masters, and in addition to playing that Ripley's course, went over to the Red Dragon course. And on my last days at the Masters, I always got that Sunday where <laughs> everybody's taking off and my flight takes off later. So I just went on a binge and played most of what was left of the courses on my bucket list of courses to play in myrtle beach and played everything south of the airport and know all those really really well and had a fun time at the masters talked about that and then it's just been kind of a quiet end of the year uh and who knows like how much i'm gonna be traveling this year i'm kind of glad i got it in because i don't 
feel itchy. Um, you know, I don't know if I've even talked about it, but like shortly after the Masters and getting back, like our dog Ruggles, who we, you know, I think I've talked about, had ended up getting diagnosed with lymphoma and is going through chemo. And so as much as the chemo is working and he's currently in remission, we know that our time with him is really limited. So travel is sort of on the shelf. It's just staying home, focusing on AMA stuff, podcast stuff, getting all of our guests on, getting all of our tournaments in order. And that's sort of, you know, where I'm at right now. Um, I'm hoping to travel internationally because I qualified to be on Team USA and playing Wagam in Brno in June. But we'll see. All of my trips are sort of up in the air. I'd hope to go back to the crazies maybe or get other places. But things like this in your life come up. You just kind of got to focus on the things that are important and, you know, with the limited time we have. And it's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, 60-ish new courses last year. <laughs> and I don't, <laughs> I don't think it even includes some of the places where, like, we went to Putt Shack in London at Bank where we only played one of the courses but kind of investigated looked at the rest same with junkyard and yeah we just if, if we didn't play any new mini golf courses this year for a couple of putts i don't think we would still have a chance at catching up on reviews it's it's a it's close to 100 and it's fine the we'll get them out within the next two years and the reviews won't be stale i think that's my biggest worry about when we play all these courses is that as you know Two years can be a lifetime for a course as far as the condition it's in. And I even saw that with within London, we went to both of the birdies locations. The one at Angel Center, I think, was the newest. And then there is one at uh, Battersea, which showing up to it on the river taxi, I didn't realize had the big building at Battersea that's on the cover of oh, right. the yeah. Pink Floyd album. I was like, wait, that's that's on the cover of a Pink Floyd album. So it was kind of a fun thing. but. That course was also cool, had a couple of the same holes, but was really the public, the drinking public had definitely done <laughs> some damage to that course, which is too bad because it had some really fun stuff that I could tell was not working. And so just get well, some I mean, you know, yeah, that's the difficult part about doing the review stuff, right? Like I, that you never think about when you go into, I mean, oh, not yeah. that we were thinking about or what we were doing 20 something years from when we started the putting penguin. But yeah, I mean, you look at some of these and that's, you know, why we make sure we date everything because it's, yes. these things can turn both directions really quick, right? Like we've played some pretty, at the time, rough courses that have, turned around with new ownership or whatever and it's like hey you should come update your review and like well we'd love to but you know there's 400 other courses that we need to get to so um i mean it, it, i think the yeah. other part about it is it's nice just to have the archival piece of it as well yep. so you kind of know what it is but yeah there's definitely this sense of even trying to catch up a like well right i talked about arts and rec but i was thinking back to 2022 and even I've, you know we all take good notes we all take pictures and then you're sitting there and you're like oh i realized that i didn't write down how much it costs to play this course it's not on their website <laughs> like you're just like God damn if i had done this you know the right way or if i had looked yep. at it right afterwards but i mean at least it's something that you know you always have it on the shelf right when you're like ah, you need to get something done let's knock this thing out and you put it up there and let's be honest there's not a whole lot of people who are doing what we're doing anyway so it's not like we're no. a rush for a competition <laughs> well it's funny because one of the courses that came quote unquote online this year 
in Minnesota was actually a course that drastically changed that I'd shot 18 hole in ones on and made a video at Eagle Lake and they had all these craggy rocks. They completely changed the course with new turf. It had been playing awful. Like the video I made was in 2020, beginning of last year, it was just a mess and they finally tore out all the carpet. They have new carpet, but they also put in these weird organic walls that are curved and play for great rebounds and are kind of soft. I It looks like some sort of almost recycled tire meets, I don't know, like bark or something that are just kind of squishy. And that is a completely new course that I'll probably want to and need to review. And sometimes we'll update those reviews and sometimes you just have to look and say, oh, they played this five, six years ago. And that's kind of a different thing, but... Yeah, it's just so many changing and new courses. We had a handful come and go in Minnesota in this last year and you know, grateful for new more new ones than less. Although the puttery review will be coming soon, but I have to say that one is close to home and I'm just bummed out. Not only that it's really expensive, but it's not really that fun to play. It's not great for com- competitive play. And frankly, it's not even really all that interesting for what it is. Like the environments and everything, they there's something missing there. And you will again talk about this, I think, in some of the trends. But they're very on trend as far as being for adult and social. But it feels like they borrowed a lot of ideas and missed doing something unique and fun. And it's too bad. And it'll be interesting to see where that trend goes but i'm just glad you know i got to see all of these different chains like putt stars i'd seen richard godfried post about those courses in the uk and they have unique scoring in a with using technology where you can opt at the beginning of the hole like is this going to be the hole where i'm going to kind of you know there's a way to move the points up for lack of better way of explaining it. So it's like, okay, if I make it in two, my points are double for this hole. And you can do that on two of the holes, but you have to select it before on the screen. And then you put in how many strokes you got in afterwards and it figures out your points. But that kind of stuff and just seeing all of that on top of, you know, competing on city golf and all that and putt-putt that I also got to play concrete, slash beton course in Sweden and got to play an Eternit course again and a felt course. And it was just really nice kind of taking it all in, not only for what we do and talk about on the podcast and just familiarize myself with things that I think you and many other people have been familiar with for a long time, but just also take it in context of where things are going and having that all happen at once. And It just gives a lot of interesting perspective to see those side by side, not only for what players are enjoying and what their preferences, but what the public is interested in. Because I think all the standard forms of mini golf are really interesting, but at the courses that I visited where there was a mix of them, they were definitely not the crowd favorites. The public was playing more of the adventure golf style. It's not a bad thing. Uh, But the public wants something different. And if the game's going to grow, 
you're going to need to have people come in the side door, kind of like me, where you started off playing windmills and pirates and dinosaur courses and just really enjoy doing that. And not everybody will get there, and that's fine. There's room for it all, but yeah. Well, and that kind of going back to the the article too, you know, one of the things I was talking with Josh about who was the, the author was – and we talked a little bit about, you know, not being pop stroke on there and there's such a variety, right? You can have your favorites, whether it's a competitive or you just like the style or you're like the, the, the builder or whatever. But at the end of the day, our sport is so built around when you're bringing your friends or your family out nine times out of 10, it's like, I want to go play the one with the pirates. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I'm the same way, right? Like, and you can have really great courses with that same stuff but at the end of the day that's always going to be the entry point for miniature golf and the more we can embrace that and and let people like you mentioned find these other things organically i think it's that's the way to go and in the competitive world in some respects has recognized this and it'll be interesting to see where we go for the next few years You, you alluded to we'll have some conversations in the future about trends and stuff there as well but yeah i mean at the end of the day if you look at all the stuff we play we end up playing it because it's fun and if there's a course that's not fun we're not going to play it again no and i think that's a telltale sign if you're hearing from us like hey this is the course that i play more regularly i mean even earlier you talked about safari you didn't talk about putter's paradise and you told me you know there's things about that course (laughs) that probably having played it a few times it's like I'm good with it. I definitely have those courses in town that like our local leagues compete on some courses that I just like, I don't need to practice and figure out the shots on this course because I kind of don't enjoy playing it. Some of them are themed and some of them are wide open. And I think that's a big part of it is that there's so much mini golf out there that you can have your preference and that's totally fine. If you think mini golf balls are stupid and shouldn't be allowed and everybody should play with a golf ball and that all the standard forms should go away, you're entitled to that. And if you think that windmills and themes on courses and having alcoholic courses is not great for the game either, you're entitled to that. But the game is not necessarily that well received as a serious competitive endeavor or even as a very casual competitive endeavor frankly and i think there's so much more room for it to grow because there's just other games out there that have grown really fast at the same period of time whether it's cornhole whether it's pickleball heck even things that i found out about like this this year car jujitsu which is (laughs) the strangest thing to watch but those sports have found different inroads into the public sphere and part of it it's about providing an entertaining watch and sometimes people would rather watch a competitive wipeout style show like holy moly that we talked about last episode than watch somebody stand over a ball for a minute and a half before they get an ace and watching most of the field ace every hole that just there there's a disconnect i think for the public at large i remember early on before i played competitively i was honestly intimidated when i watched those putt putt videos that were on youtube for a while that got pulled 
you'd watch these skins matches that were streaming or that were broadcast, I should say, on ABC on major networks. And people were putting up scores where it's like casually getting aces. And it's like, I don't understand this. And if you, you know, like most of us, if you don't have a putt-putt course near you and don't understand how those play, it feels even more intimidating from afar. And you look at the standard forms and then it's just ridiculous. Oh, four people played perfect games in the world championship and there were tons of rounds in 19, 20, 21, 22 range. I've never even come close to that. And I play super regularly. So it, it makes you feel like how far, like how much time do I need? And it's like, you got to find different entry points. Some people are going to come to it late in life like me, and that's fine. There's got to be room for that. And there's got to be room too for like our, our next episode guest and a lot of the Swedes that have been playing since they were seven, 10 years old and are now 30 years into the game. All of it's all of it's going to grow together. And I think that was the big perspective I got this year is that I find it all really fascinating and exciting. And I hope that there is some mutual admiration and respect that can be maintained while also people having strong opinions and preferences. Rising tide lifts all the boats. So let's let's jump on that boat. But yeah, no, I mean, I agree. And we, I mean, I think we end up talking about this almost every episode here because it comes up a lot, right? Like it's hard to talk about the world of mini golf without addressing those types of things because there are opinions and you'll get the interviews and stuff. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think, you know, if we tell you there's a course we would want you to play, it's because we want to go back and play it and have fun on that course. And that's, that's like a, that's a putt cast. I don't know, put our stamp on it sort of a motto. And it, and it can be unexpected. I think some people would be surprised that we might recommend some of the major chains. In addition to a pop stroke for the competitive folks, the monster mini golf courses do a lot with really fun, engaging activities, and some of the holes are really challenging, and the animatronics are fun. And Putt Shack, which is not traditional scoring that uses all sorts of tech, I was a little bit wary of it going into it. I played two courses in London, and I left feeling thrilled that two courses are going to open up in Minnesota. There's going to be two Putt Shacks coming here. I'm absolutely elated for that because it's a different entry point into the game that I think will be exciting for people. The scoring, you know, have your way with it. I don't know that it's the way that I would do it, but it's something different and that's fine. It's like playing match play or skins or other variations of competitive mini golf team events. This is just a completely different variation and why not? Some people like to play Monopoly where they have all sorts of things like community chest or whatever mean a different thing, great. I, I think if it gives people an entry point into the game and they're out there having fun and enjoying it, that helps everybody. So yeah, we'll we'll talk a lot about this, I think, beginning of the year where it's going to be a little bit of a dead season. We're in the winter, so we're not playing outside much. Although both of us are playing indoors quite a bit. It's just was a busy 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 year that i'm still trying to wrap my head around and i'll talk about it in my big thoughts mini golf a little bit but i think in general the thing i walk away with is just this game is filled with a lot of fun and amazing people both 
across the U.S., a lot of people we knew, got getting to reconnect with them, but also getting to meet new people that I had never met. The Putt Putt Tournament, High Point, just a lot of lovely people that had never come across because they play in the Putt Putt Circuit or Putters League folks that were just really, really kind and fun, loving. And then especially overseas, just seeing the completely different approaches to the game, how you celebrate the game, how you approach the game, using mini golf balls, using different putters with rubber faces. There there was just so much to take in and to be excited about the variety of the game that I just didn't know existed 10 plus years ago when Robin and I decided to start a couple of putts because we liked mini golf courses and roadside stuff. We I didn't know any of this stuff has been out there and glad that there's just constantly new things to explore and enjoy with just wonderful people. I I could have probably given shout out for an hour about all the people that I met in Sweden and the UK and all these trips. And I'd still forget people and thought like after the episode's recording, I should go back and like say, oh yeah, like I really had this great experience playing with like the guys from Wales, you know, Martin and Balash and Martin Williams. But then I'd be like, well, then I forgot this person and that person. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's just really exciting and feel very inspired coming into 2024 and what we're doing with both the podcast and the AMA to really do more better and, and try to invite more people in and share the love. Yeah. And, and other than actually playing in a popster tournament, I think about yeah. like collectively what we have done and what we have managed to touch with, Obviously, the AMA involved in the WMF. We do the podcast. You've played a putt putt tournament. We play in USPMGA tournaments. You played in an MPT tournament. Like we've, you know, we play these these different change. Like I actually feel there there is very few things now in the mini golf. Now we haven't played like on Ethernet in a tournament, right? But like, yeah. there's very few tentacles that we haven't at least touched and tried and made relationships with. And, you know, not to toot our own horn a little bit, but it feels like it does, you know, give us some credence in terms of our experience and being able to talk about it. And and that's really developed, you know, as we talked about since Holy Moly in the past four years. But that I'm really glad that we've made an effort to do all of these things so that we're not leaving anybody out and we're getting those and can kind of talk about them. And, you know, and some of them were like, yeah, we want to jump on and do even more, which has been great. I don't know how we're going to find room in all of our calendars <laughs> for things like like that, especially just with the the AMA going on. But even in the AMA, right, we've, we've made a conscious effort to try to bring the things that we've learned and the tournaments that we've been a part of and whether or not we can get some putt-putt stuff in there this year. But like being like, oh, that's cool. Let's bring that in if we can and let's yeah. throw the umbrella around it. Yeah. No, I, I well said and... I just hope we can do more and better as we continue to grow and a reminder to all of our listeners and people that follow and support the AMA that we're always interested in hearing feedback, good or bad. We want to, if people aren't having good experiences or feel like we're missing guests on the podcast, we're open to it. We're, our list of guests is very long and I don't know if we'll ever get there, but we're definitely going to try to do our best and uh, bring everybody along for the ride as much as you're interested. And 
hopefully you're you're wanting to stay on board. And speaking about yet another form of mini golf that we didn't even really touch upon this much in this episode is uh, our sponsor. As Tom alluded to before, Walkabout is one of our major sponsors. It's our favorite virtual reality mini golf, another way to connect with everybody, play some tournaments. They, as we record this, just dropped their latest course as well yesterday, Around the World in 80 Days, which is their third in the Jules Verne trilogy. So they've had Journey to the Center of the Earth. They had 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I mean, it feels like all of our uh, middle school or high school reading lists now have come to life in the mini golf world. But it's it's a really fun little romp around the Eiffel Tower. With you know, Obviously, if you've read the books or I guess there's probably a movie or two out there that you could watch as well. There's a lot of... You know, connections with that. There's a couple, you know, different gameplay mechanics like they try to add. It's a pretty interesting course overall. I need to spend significantly more time on it in the next couple of days because I've been uh, traveling here. So I didn't get a chance to really jump on it yesterday when it came out. But as we allude to all the time, it is winter here up north. So there is no better time than now to jump out, grab yourself either you know, an old Oculus, which you probably get a good... Uh, sail on or pick up one of the Oculus 3s, grab your walkabout. They're always running download uh, codes and discounts and things like that. So keep an eye on all their social medias to grab a good deal and come join us on the virtual links. Yeah. Having been to Paris, as I said this last summer, doing the fox hunt was really fun because (laughs) I still remembered where things were east, west, north, south. Nice. And it totally came in play during the fox hunt. I just love that. Uh, the only thing that the only thing that was a little weird about it was that having been in the Eiffel Tower and know how high up it is, it was a little scary jumping from dirigible to dirigible <laughs> on some of the holes. So be aware of that. The nice thing is, is there's lots of things built in the game to kind of slow down your movement and to make it so that some of the stuff that feels really real, which kudos to them aren't as like scary. I know that vertigo and fear of heights can definitely come up in that one. So thank you walkabout for making a fun game and supporting us. And again, another shout out to Pingvin, one shot golf and putt 18 that are going to be sponsoring both the podcast and the AMA for 2024. And we're going to get out of here. We've got lots more to come in the coming weeks with some fun international interviews, but Going to close it out with Big Thoughts Mini Golf. We can learn a lot from people who live outside of our home country. Whether it's being creative with natural resources or finding solutions to collective problems, we all have much to gain from a variety of perspectives. This extends to mini golf as well. During my travels in 2023, I saw so many different approaches to course design, training for competition, tournament organization, equipment selection of putters and balls, and so much more. I learned a lot in a very short period of time competing and organizing tournaments, but was humbled and inspired by what I saw firsthand in the UK and Sweden, and what I'm seeing from afar and online in countries who are working on growing the game of mini golf in places like Poland. In big and small ways, let's all find more ways to collaborate and share ideas with the hope that we can all gain more space and opportunity for fun and friendly competition through sport. The world would be a much better place if we spent more time on mini golf courses and less time fighting with each other about our differences. With that, we're at the 19th hole. So until next time, hot one ready.